0: Hello and welcome to K-Botak, the short podcast about Korean cinema and K-drama with me, John. episode we're going to be talking about Mr. Sunshine. This 2018 period romance k-drama is written by Kim Yun-suk, a very successful TV writer who was behind the likes of Descendants of the Sun in 2016, Guardian the Lonely and Great God uh, until 2017 and more recently the King Eternal Monarch in 2020. These have all been smash hits, and some, including Descendants of the Sun and Guardian, crossed over to being major international phenomenons throughout East Asia and the world. Mr. Sunshine is directed by Lee jung buk who worked with Kim on Descendants of the Sun and Guardian as well as directing last year's lavish adventure drama, Jiri-san, uh, set on the mountain of the same name, uh, written by Kim Yun-hee and starring Jana Jun and Juji ji hoon Mm -hmm. Uh, It stars Yi Byung-hun, the legendary actor known from Joint Security Area, A Bittersweet Life, I Saw the Devil, The Good, The Bad and The Weird, Uh, Recent films like Ashfall and the upcoming Emergency Declaration alongside Song Kang-ho, who he reunites with in that from uh, JSA. Iris and even Western market films like Terminator and G.I. Joe. He is opposite the incredible Kim Tae-ri of uh, The Handmaiden, Space Sweepers, the popular uh, Netflix sci-fi movie that I covered on this podcast, uh, and a recent uh, hit drama called 2521. So Mr. Sunshine is, on one level, a beautifully shot and luxuriously staged costume romance. That's probably what most people not from Korea will take it as first, but it is set during a time of upheaval for Joseon, on the eve of Japanese invasion and colonisation when Western powers like the US were also eager to plunder the Korean peninsula. At the time, Joseon could be described as having been a hermit kingdom, keen to stay neutral and stay out of increasingly global international affairs, um, which is a fair aspiration at the time as major powers like the UK, the US, Russia and Japan um, were doing a lot of jostling for global power. And nations like Joseon and the Philippines often became either battlegrounds or prizes to be won or both. Foreign powers wanted to exploit Joseon's resources and its strategic position in Asia. But the costumes and sets in this are absolutely immaculate, and it is one of the ways uh, in which the show brings the time period to vivid life. You can just watch this and be immersed in the traditional dress and culture of Joseon, as well as the snappy suits of the lead character, Eugene Che. Uh, and the beautiful interiors of the Glory Hotel that he stays at itself, based on a real hotel that played host to international ambassadors and businessmen in Hansong, aka Seoul at the time. Even the visual design gives you this real-time transformation that Korea was undergoing at this time in its history. However, this is not a historical document, probably worth saying, and in fact the writer faced quite some controversy, for historical inaccuracies. Um, So this is a a quote I took from a news piece on SCMP. Uh, Yonsei University Professor Oh young Sub said the drama incorrectly showed Americans staying in Korea before the 1871 US expedition to Korea uh, and a scene in which the female lead co, a member of the righteous army, assassinating an American is also based on incorrect information because at that point, Uh, He says the independence movement fighters did not harbour hostility toward Americans. I thought this was worth mentioning, as this is likely to be a way a lot of people, including myself, learn more about certain events in Korean history. Uh, Probably won't surprise you to know they don't teach a lot of this in British history schools. Um, It's uh, more just a list of prime ministers that we've had, Um, but... uh, This show should be treated as more of a springboard for independently learning about the time, uh, which is an aspect that I have enjoyed um, alongside watching it, and that I think has uh, enriched me um, a little bit from having a reason to go and find out about some of the things that are happening here. Um, But just be aware that there's things like, well, the faction of one lead character... Had its name changed partway through the show, from a real-life pro-Japanese group called the Black Dragon Society, to a fictional organization, because the character is ultimately portrayed sympathetically in the story, um, which is pretty bad. And they were having to uh, correct this stuff on the fly as um, as this was airing. Aired for a long time. Um, there's 24 parts to it. Um, so, you know, be aware of these uh, potentially offensive creative liberties going in, especially if, like me, you do not have any kind of uh, Korean heritage or knowledge of all this history. Um, I think most people would be intelligent enough not to uh, repeat uh, what they see on TV as, um, uh, as, as fact, unless they're watching a documentary or unless they have gone and independently verified what they've seen. So this was a time uh, when Joseon found itself victim of global power plays by the US and Japan. For a bit of um, the context of the history, this was after uh, this kingdom had endured Japanese invasions in the past, uh, for example, by Toyotomi Hideyoshi in the 1500s and had been a tributary state to Ming China. But the kingdom of Joseon had still maintained its own strong national identity and culture. Um, and in the early 1900s, when the show is set, Joseon is lobbying for positive relations with the US, which has historically had more connection with Japan. Um, so they were fighting a losing diplomatic battle. But I feel that's probably why uh, that article was um, was pointing out that at the time, perhaps it, rather than harbouring hostility towards uh, Americans, the feeling, uh, at least among the uh, diplomatic powers and the the leadership in Joseon at the time was that they should be uh, lobbying for popularity. But ultimately, Teddy Roosevelt, the president at the time, yielded and gave Korea over to Japanese dominance. A WordPress article um, I read describing the history of the time said that this show is set in the few years when Korean history could have been written in many different ways, um, which highlights the impending tragedy. You probably have seen films set during the Japanese occupation of the Korean Peninsula, like The Handmaiden, um, The Age of Shadows, Malamoe, and others, which show how uh, Koreans were forced to give up their language, their culture, their dress, and basically their heritage, and were treated as second-class citizens in their own countries. It is a form of both physical and psychological violence, Familiar to nations who suffered under invasion and rule by other colonial powers too, such as the French, the Spanish, and very often the British. I will link that WordPress article. Um, It's uh, not from a news site or anything, but um, it did have some interesting things. Uh, It concluded from the show and uh, talked a little bit about the history. So, why go into all this history? Well, the writing and your main characters and all your supporting cast uh, can be frothy and offbeat. But the heart and soul of the show is the romance between Eugene Che and Koei Shin. Eugene was a slave who escaped to America following uh, a, a conflict with the Americans called the Battle of Ganghwa. It happened during the first American military sortie to Korea. Uh, and the Korean battlements at the time were underdefended with outdated weaponry like matchlocks. And so they were slaughtered by the encroaching Americans with their howitzers. Um, Eugene at this point stows away on an American ship and when he finally returns to Joseon he does so as an American, uh, a Marine Corps officer Gai Shin is the daughter of an aristocrat who has been promised to a rich nobleman's son who has been living in Japan Uh, Aishin is also part of the Righteous Army The Righteous Army uh, crops up throughout Korean history Uh, I was reading about that as well It is a citizen's militia or was rather that fought back at times when the nation was under threat um, and Aishin has been fighting the good fight using both her connections and her keen eye with a rifle. She's a sniper. As you can immediately see, just to talk about who the main characters are um, and a little bit of the, uh, the setting of the show and kind of what the stakes are, is to talk about the history of the Korean peninsula and what the uh, scenario was at the time. There's uh, flashbacks to historical or mythological times in some of the other uh, shows um, by the same uh, writing-directing team, uh, like in Guardian. Uh, but uh, this one is is very explicitly set at uh, it, a, a fractious time uh, when there was a, a lot happening that would have ramifications, uh, you know, for the the history of the entire peninsula. And the scenes between uh, Eugene and Aishin really capture the past, past, present and future of Joseon. Um, You've got Aishin in her traditional hanbok finery and Eugene in military garb, an American who looks like a man of Joseon, as Aishin says. Their initially timid encounters and courtship are a warm contrast to the violence that kind of simmers in the ongoing political disputes. Uh, and the power plays that threaten Joseon's independence. And the relationship between them goes back and forth as the situation in the country develops and their environment varies, from the beautiful Korean natural environment that's familiar to Aishin, uh, to the hotels and the carriages of uh, new trains where Eugene is at home. Uh, This is a period where uh, more and more kind of international industrialization is being introduced, as it was in many countries at the time. Um, But uh, again, and this will be familiar to many students of history or people who simply uh, experience this in their countries, that often comes with a lot of strings attached. Uh, But with two such excellent actors and obviously veteran hands behind the cameras, the show was always going to be good. But what instantly sets it apart is the opening episodes. These two episodes, I wish I could see them in a cinema. Uh, They establish the stakes and the historical setting. You see Eugene's early life, as well as Asian in the Righteous Army, taking the iconic sniper shot across the rooftops that you will have seen in uh, trailers for this. There's a lot happening, and it moves really fast. Um, The awesome orchestral score that this show has helps as well you've got all these pretty amazing images of Yi young hun striding out of misty alleyways in New York to the main theme, uh, the desperate battles that are taking place in Chosun. The aesthetic eye of this show is truly on another level um, and the cinemat- cinematography throughout continues to be amazing. It's a genuine feast for the eyes. Um, so those first two episodes were so exciting and so bombastic. Um, I uh, ...was sort of sat there thinking, what am I watching? It's just incredible. However, I would caution, following those, there is a pace shift. Uh, This is a 24-part series. I've seen it described as Gone With The Wind over 30 hours. Um, And once you've had the first two episodes with that rip-roaring momentum... uh, ...that kind of fast pace is abandoned. We begin a much more gradual and stately journey through the relationships of the key characters... Um, where entire episodes can revolve around a chance encounter at the Glory Hotel or a miscommunication between Eugene and Aisin. I'm not making a value judgement here, these dramas uh, often need to have a status quo they can establish Um, and for a time of such turbulence this does a good job giving you the historical setting of Hansong and letting you watch the romance unfold. Um, You will get your comfort viewing with this, it's not all assassinations and bloodshed. There's also a very good reason uh, for this calm pacing of the show however and that's to support the romance plot. I read a very good essay about the show, I thought it was good anyway, Um, from Brooks Riley at the Three Quarks Daily uh, who wrote, uh, and I quote, The polite bonding rituals here might seem old fashioned, but this is 1902, different rules apply and restraint is in order. The dialogue, paced in short phrases with silences wedged between them, exerts an almost hypnotic effect. It's a way of conversing which owes much to Nunchi, a unique Korean form of communication that has been described as the subtle art and ability to listen and gauge others' moods. Nunchi, translated literally as eye-measure, explains the verbally choreographed interlocutions between characters in Mr. Sunshine. I did uh, have a quick Google and uh, verify um, Nunchi because that's obviously an essay by um, a Westerner. It does seem to summarize really well uh, what is uh, kind of going on between these characters in this show. Um, And for a kind of a a, a very physical, very uh, silently expressive mode of communication like this, you could not have two better actors than Lee Byung Hun and. Kim Terry because they're both fantastic at communicating so much uh, without saying anything at all um, they uh, both in various movies that they've done and other shows that they've done um, have shown uh, kind of how, how talented they are at just uh, you know communicating moods or, or thoughts or, or desires so you're spending a lot of time uh, with the these characters with these long silences that just draw out, uh, and then these very, you know significant but but often quite minimal conversations taking place. And it all contributes to, um, you know, as the as the essay said, quite a, a hypnotic effect um, of this show. Uh, it's a really nice one to just immerse in and see what's happening. Um, now I haven't finished this yet, so I'm assuming that as usual, it will ramp up again towards the end. Um, And I have been watching it in a way that feels intended, which is as comfort viewing once in a while, just kind of existing in that world with Eugene and Aishin and all of this beautiful imagery and camera work and the cool orchestral score. Um, When I do get through to the end, I might do another episode, as it is meant to cover uh, quite a few more historical events. Uh, I've enjoyed reading uh, about what happened at the time, much like some of the movies uh, that I've watched like those those aforementioned ones that took place during the Japanese occupation uh, as well as stuff like uh, a taxi driver um, and the attorney and uh, some of those that kind of deal with stuff that was going on in the in the 80s um yeah you can learn a lot i, I think that um as far as uh, films and tv series uh, set uh, around real events and in different periods of history go um, South Korea has absolutely been smashing it. Um, see also the recent success of Pachinko, um, which I'd love to get round to on the show. Yeah, I would definitely recommend this. Absolutely watch the first episodes at the very least, as they're just amazing. Um, then maybe you can enjoy the other episodes at your leisure, like I'm doing. Um, or maybe, like a lot of other people did, you'll be sucked completely into this world and end up binging it. But that's uh, Mr. Sunshine, and that's the... Um, the main content of the episode for now Uh, I'm going to read a couple of reviews however that the show received Um, I did begin uh, saying to uh, listeners please do uh, write in and um, give a review and uh, that I would read them out on the show Uh, I only just realized you have to actually go to the uh, the international versions of uh, the Apple Podcasts and kind of look at the preview um, to get reviews. Um, so I I missed a couple that I had. I don't know if I was expecting some kind of a notification or something. But uh, apologies for that because I have had uh, a couple of really nice uh, reviews that that I very much appreciate. So I'm going to read them out now, uh, as mentioned. And uh, sorry that this is happening so late. Um, so from Benji Geek Boy he says with the sudden interest in Korean pop culture that has been going on over the last few years from BTS to Parasite winning best picture Oscar via Squid Game it was only a matter of time before somebody did this and I'm just thankful that it was John that took this on getting better with each release his passion and knowledge shine through in an almost zen-like way an absolute pleasure to listen to I really hope he keeps this up for many years to come Uh, thank you so much Benji so do I uh, and from Peachy Joe 19 who I also know from Twitter um she says I'm terrible for giving time to podcasts so this is great for me short episodes and I'm going to enjoy any episode I pluck from the bunch you clearly know your stuff delivered well and there is no better cinema and TV out there so this fuels my excitement um thank you so much uh, Peachy Joe well, I agree there's no better cinema and TV uh, to be had and uh, I'm glad some people like the short episodes as well, because I know that uh, long, kind of two-hour-plus um, podcast episodes are very, very popular, for good reason. You can just stick them on and then, you know, get get on with doing your stuff in the day. Um, nice to know that perhaps there's a niche for something slightly shorter. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was uh, really happy to see those. I really appreciate those reviews. Um, and uh, now that I know where to actually find them, um, I'd uh, uh, you know, make sure to read them out on the show uh, from now on. So uh, you can follow the show on at KBOTAKPOD, that's at K-B-O-T-A-K-P-O-D, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, retweets and shares are much appreciated. Uh, and as mentioned, if you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. I now know where to find them. Thanks for listening. Cheers.